0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of The Steeler's Hangover. And my friends, this is what you call a happy, happy, happy hangover. Remember the days on DVD when they used to on Fridays at 3 o'clock, they'd, sit, they'd play, I'm a happy boy. Happy boy! Do you remember that, Tony? Shannon, you remember that? Oh, yeah. No. Well, I got to tell you, today I am a happy boy. And I think there are a lot of us here. It feels good. Look, no matter what you think of how they won, whether you think they got lucky, it's a good feeling that that four game losing streak is over as the Pittsburgh Steelers are now two and four on the season. I know that doesn't mean the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean anything. It just means that they beat Tom Brady, they won a game without TJ Watt, and Not only that, they scored in the first quarter. That's all good. But for (laughs) me, I got to tell you, one of the most favorite things of yesterday was the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick's not there. No problem. Cam Sutton, Akella Witherspoon, they're not there. No problem. Levi Wallace isn't there. No problem. (laughs) TJ Watt, he's still not there. No problemo. You know, that's the big stuff. Pat Fryermuth was really needed yesterday. Wasn't there. Could not play. Kenny Pickett played maybe a little over two quarters. That's not a problem either. And here's the reason why. Because what does good baseball, what do good baseball teams, they've got a good bullpen. And the Steelers had a good bullpen yesterday. Mitch Trubisky was a good bullpen player. And just like we've seen in the past, well, Landry Jones used to come in and look good in relief of Ben. When he started the next week, not as great. It's the fact that when you come in, you give them a different look. Now, Shaq Barrett said, hey, there was not much of a change from Trubisky to Pickett. That's fine. But Trubisky did some things that he hasn't done. When we hear you say... You know, why didn't Trubisky do that from game one? Well, that's not the that's not the point. The point is, when you need him, he came in, and he helped out, helped that team get that win. Tony Defeo, hello, my friend. Hello, uh, Brian. How are you? How, how are you, Shannon? We are doing groovy, mm-hmm. and I can speak for Shannon for that. What was your knee-jerk reda- redaction? What was your <laughs> knee-jerk reaction? of that game yesterday
1: i mean it just it never ceases to amaze me the nfl i mean uh, you read a column every week called bold bizarre predictions and it was certainly a bizarre outcome that i wasn't expecting i mean uh for, for them to be down so many players especially on defense the whole basically the whole secondary except for terrell uh, edmonds and and find a way to win that game the to play so well the, the front seven uh getting after brady the, most of the afternoon and the the, the uh the second thing so well and i, I just I, i'm shocked i'm shocked that they won that game i really am i, I wasn't expecting it that's that's my, my knee-jerk reaction was shock shannon white describe your feeling
0: during the last quarter of that game yesterday
2: well like tony said i was shocked i was on record you know in our predictions that They were going to lose. They were going to lose badly. Tom Brady owns the Steelers, always has. You know, Fournette is, is looks like Jim Brown reincarnated. Uh, Every time he (laughs) plays the Steelers, he just crushes them, runs over them, around them and away from them. And then to throw in the fact they've never won a game without TJ Watt, um, you know, I think it was open eight and one. I thought they had no shot. So, pleasantly surprised uh i've had a i've eaten a lot of crow today and it's been delicious uh I, i'm in, i'm really happy about that because you know your bold and uh uh prediction article you know if you'd have wrote what happened in yesterday's game you know everybody'd be like oh, that's crazy stuff because nobody's seen that coming I uh, you know <laughs> you you could be a homer and say hey you know i think they got a shot here and but, but with the way things were and that patchwork secondary, I just didn't say it. So, uh, watching Trubisky, you know, show, show such professionalism, um, and preparedness, uh, what a professional, I mean, to come in and, and be able to, to lead them to victory there in that fourth quarter. It shows a lot of what we've talked about is not only was it a change for the defense, but he knew that he was nobody was looking over his shoulder. He was the only other quarterback dressed and active. That was his game to take home. He played much more loose and relaxed and confident than he ever did in the first three and a half games of the season. So uh, that that was a great moment for the Steelers, but also for Trubisky.
0: It really was, and Mitch deserved the. All the accolades that he got yesterday, even today, you know, it's fantastic. There's not a quarterback controversy right now, as far as I'm concerned. If you think that, you know, I I respect that. I just don't really think. Remember, just remember this. Mitch Trubisky, I felt he was handcuffed a little bit yesterday, and they did not handcuff Excuse me, I'm sorry, Kenny Pickett. I thought Kenny Pickett was handcuffed a little bit more yesterday. They gave him, we're giving him the rookie treatment in that game. And basically against Buffalo, it tells me that, hey, we're behind a lot. Just throw it. See what happens and throw it. I believe they almost felt like we're not winning this game, so let's see what we can put together to get us to next week. But the play calling is the only thing I'm going to complain about a little bit. And the reason I'm going to complain about that is the fact that, gosh, let Kenny be Kenny. All these runs, all these jet sweeps, they could hurt you, especially when you do that right at the beginning. Excuse me, right before the end of the first half. And the problem you have when you do that, that three points could have showed up very big yesterday, especially if they get that two point conversion, allowing them. Allowing them that field goal at the end made me think. Same old Steelers guys. Where where was your head, Shannon, when that fifty four yard field goal from Ryan Suckup? Ryan Suckup gets us every time. It, it feels like <laughs> um, I've had a a beef with him for almost ten years now. Mm-hmm. But when that went through,
2: what were you thinking, Shannon? I was saying, like you was talking about the play calling. You know, they come out, plays are usually scripted. And Pickett was very effective. The offense was effective. They moved the ball down the field and they scored. And you was watching Kenny, and one thing about it, he's so decisive and quick with his decision-making and accurate. Well, then, after they got the lead, the rest of the first half, it was back to that predictable play calling, uh, short, quick passes, and ineffective running game and they went away from what worked in the first series so when they basically terrible clock management around the two-minute warning they give the ball back to the buccaneers get into field goal range um i was what i was thinking was hope they're gonna uh take the handcuffs off of kenny and let him throw the ball in the second half but uh you know he would just right when he's tried to Start doing that, you know, he gets knocked out, and uh, so they really couldn't handcuff Trubisky because, you know, he came in loose and ready to roll. So uh, it actually worked out in their favor.
0: Tony, any
1: quarterback controversy for you? No, I, I don't think so. I, I, it, to me, it all depends on what their what their uh, priorities are moving forward. You know, with with them being one game back in the division you know they might decide to uh, to switch things up if they think Trubisky's the the uh, better option right now but i think they're committed to Kenny Pickett and i think they want to they want to continue to uh, nurture him and and keep him in there as their starter and and the guy that's that's going to lead them into the future so i think i you know in the past i would say uh, they they're they'd make a knee-jerk reaction to this cuz they always want to be ten and and go with Trubisky. but i think they they realize that Pickett's their future, and I think they're going to continue to go with him. Now he might not play this week because of the the caution with the with the concussions uh, this year, so that he might be held out this week. But moving forward, uh, they're going to go with Pickett um, when when he's ready to play and when he's cleared and when, and when they're comfortable with that. All right, so
0: let's uh, get this from C No D. Um, we've got some. Uh... Aussie dollars, is that dingo dollars? That's what Jeff Hartman likes to call them. Greets from Austria. Oh, actually, that's not dingo dollars. It's from Austria, not Australia. Man, I feel like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. Greets from Austria. Can, can he play the next game? And I know Tony just alluded to that fact. One thing that I'm going to bring up here is in breaking news, we just got this a little bit ago. And uh, Chris Adamski of the Trib put out this tweet apropos of probably nothing, but for what it's worth, Kenny Pickett was in the Steelers' locker room today, smiling in good spirits and appearing unencumbered in any way. So that's good news. Look, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here and say I don't care. I do not care. When I say I don't care, if he sits because he needs to sit, that's perfectly fine with me. All I care about is the health of Kenny Pickett. I'm not concerned about anything else. That Tua thing a couple of weeks back kind of got to me. And I read today where where uh, somebody put out that that could have been a fatal concussion, those two close together. I know I got two concussions in 20 seconds. They, they were one concussion, but I fell twice in about 20 to 30 seconds. Back in West, West Virginia in 2003 on an ice slick. And I just knocked my head. I got back up and I think I knocked it even harder. And I was absolutely a mess. And I was working in Enterprise Rent-A-Car at the time. I was the only one there. And I had to go pick people up because, you know, hey, we pick you up. So (laughs) this woman came in, this woman came in and she was a nurse. And I said, I'm not supposed to do this, but can you drive me across the street before we do the contract here? And uh, she said, yeah, you need to go home. Actually, you need to go to the hospital. and That's what I ended up doing. I I rented six cars, called my boss. He said, close up the office. You're fine. And that's what I did because I was in complete disarray. Um, So I know what it feels to be knocked out like that. And, you know, I think going into the Miami game, into Miami, with the same problem that Miami faced and botched it, possibly, I I could not see them actually playing him. But I am going to go ahead and wait until I hear from the doctors. I think they're going to be cautious on this. Remember, Mike Tomlin is the same guy that told a completely healthy Ryan Clark Hey, we're going to Denver. You've got sickle cell anemia. You're not playing. Because I could care less about the game, and I care more about losing a fine young man. And right, that's all I care about. And I remember when that happened, and I was really impressed with Mike Tomlin on that. So I, I could honest, honestly say I think that's, that's probably going to be in great consideration just the well-being of Kenny Pickett and that's all you need to know there.
1: Tony Shannon, I'll start with Tony. Any thoughts on that? I t- I completely agree. Uh, Mike Thomas has said multiple times I'm in situations play, so I'm not gonna let you play. And so I think you know, if if there's any doubt at all about Kenny Pickett's health going into Miami, he's not gonna play. And why why risk it? Why risk it when you have a veteran like like Mr. You signed him for you signed him to be uh, the starter going in then then you drafted pickett and and, and now you have Trubisky as as a uh, as a proven a veteran uh starter in the league as your backup why why risk it for one week if you don't have to shannon if Kenny Pickett does not play
0: if he is announced as not going to be playing this game on Sunday night in miami that will tell you everything you need to know right
2: no oh, yeah that with what we've seen I think we're going to start saying. Uh, even longer uh, safeguards with concussions. With you know, you seen Bright yesterday, Cameron Bright for the uh, the Buccaneers. You know, get hit and he'd been out it's already. set out a week with a concussion, so we're all sitting there trying to figure out: Did he get another concussion or or what happened? And they said it was a neck sprain in the interview today. So, um, but. For some reason, these guys that are getting concussions, they they don't seem to be as frequent, but when they get them, they're getting them the second one quicker. It seems like it's mm-hmm. happening faster, which we know it, it can happen. And uh, a lot of times they recommend a month of inactivity before you, you come back. So I think we're going to start seeing more uh, caution on the in these situations. And when you've got a, a young man uh, that you feel has potentially – the potential to be a franchise quarterback, uh, I think they should set him uh, for. I'm sure he'll want to play, you know, all athletes competitors do. But for his own well being and the the his value to the franchise, I think that they should set him uh, minimum a week, maybe longer, and to make sure because he does not need to get that second concussion this year if at all possible, and you know, play uh, Trubisky and, and activate Rudolph because you have a, a, a second quarterback with experience and, and protect your investment.
0: One of my favorite players, young players on this team is Pat Fryermuth. If I don't see him mm-hmm. until after the bye, I'm mm-hmm. perfectly content with that yep. just to be careful because three concussions and he's in a second mm-hmm. year. This is the beginning of his second year, basically. And that makes me think, It's got to be more than three concussions. Mm -hmm. How many undiagnosed concussions have guys gone through? Mm -hmm. How many has he gotten in college? Did he he get some in college? Did he get some in high school? I know all of you guys, I'm sure, and a lot of people, guys, girls, played backyard football with no helmets. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if you grew up like me in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. we were playing backyard football all the time. Back when
1: nobody took it as seriously.
0: And I remember just knocking my head on the Mm -hmm. ground and having that weird feeling for the next couple of days and had that a lot. And I also got, all right, I got a concussion in a very weird way um, in 1994. Uh, It was a part of a radio event where uh, we were, we were sent actually by our boss to see a, uh, an exotic dancer with 122 triple Z. She was actually on America's Got Talent. Um, and she, uh, she came in on our radio show and she, unbeknownst to me, she grabbed me by the head and just started whacking me. And it, uh, it was not, fun at all it was just like i i remember being in complete pain i think i'm shocking shannon because the look on shannon's face right now (laughs) i mean but i and that was super bowl weekend and i think i got a concussion from that i actually did it was the most it was the weirdest thing it was the i mean the most ridiculous way to say you got a concussion but yeah I did. Why am I bringing up that story to sound cool? No, it's a completely geeky story because I was actually I'm like, this is just not right. That much silicon whacking me in the head is not right. And, and <laughs> so, I mean, can, can you see that on the injury report? Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Concussion doo <doo-doo>. to <laughs> silicon implants. Um, <laughs> That's ridiculous. I, sorry I had to bring it up. Um this is supposed to be a family show, so I'm going to get back to it. And what's what brings a family better together better than talking about how much everybody hates Tom Brady? Let me ask you this guys. On a what was sure I know beating the Buccaneers or beating any team in that situation when you were 1 and 4 and the way they did it with the chips down and chips on their shoulder, it, it felt it felt great, just that they won. But how much more fudge on the Sunday was it, knowing that it was
1: Tom Brady? Oh, uh, it was it was a, a ten out of one to ten. I mean, uh, on a scale of one to ten, it was definitely a ten. I just kept expecting the whole game for him to to, to pull something out, you know, especially after they made a twenty to eighteen. So for them to uh hold on on that last drive and, and run out the clock. That was, that was tremendous. And to see Trubisky make those throws and Claypool make those catches. I mean, when, when Mason Cole uh, sent that Aaron snap back, I thought, here we go, here we go. It's third and 16. This is, this is where, where they screw up and this is where Brady's going to come through and beat them. And for him to make that, that clutch throw on the very next play was, was, was huge. So I was, I was thrilled. I mean, you talk about, PTSD from one guy over 21 years, but with this, with, you know, what he's done to them, it, w- it was tremendous. Shannon, Shannon White, when
0: Brady had his hissy fit on the sideline, did it seem like those guys even cared what he was saying?
2: <laughs> well, I was so excited because one, that the, the stores were playing that good at the time against him, because again, He's, he's just destroyed the stores in the middle of the field defense, which, uh, they did a much, much better job with a, you know, a ragtag group of, uh, special team standouts and practice squad, uh, guys. But, you know, he had went to Robert Kraft's birthday on Friday. That was a wedding, a wedding. I mean, not birthday wedding and, uh, looked like he was marrying his uh, daughter, but I'm not going to go there. But, like, I uh, thought it was a great, she looked, looked like a granddaughter, <laughs> but he uh he went there, then he missed the walkthrough with his track
0: record. It could have been,
2: yeah. And everybody was like, <laughs> Well, he really did take the Steelers serious, you know, to miss that. I mean, if that would have been any other quarterback, I uh-huh. mean, you seen what happened the week before with the rough and the passer uh penalty, you know, delayed after he complained to wind enough, They then to come in and All that happened and then he played subpar. I'm sure that his linemen, his teammates, especially those linemen, did not appreciate getting the butt chew that he gave them in front of everybody. They even caught it on camera and audio as well. Um, Mm You know, he might be the only quarterback in the NFL that could get away with that uh, and them not be having uh, team meetings today.
0: Well, I would love to be listening to Tampa Bay radio right about now, (laughs) because I guarantee you there's a show right now where they uh, all day, I bet you there were shows complaining about going to the wedding. It's not the way the wedding is not a problem, but getting there to practice with the guys Mm -hmm. on Saturday, that's what you kind of need to do. And that's, if you're the team leader, if you want them to listen to you and respect you, then you go out of your way to be there and you don't take 2 weeks off a of training camp like he did you you're there so it's uh yeah i i think i think this is the last year of t- tom brady in tampa definitely because they really they're really not paying attention to him now there's some talk in the live chat I, I i must say i have respect for brady for what he's done to the steelers over the years he's owned the steelers and he is the best quarterback he when they say the goat I remember when GOAT used to be a bad thing. Now greatest of all time. Um, I get it. No, you cannot take away what he did. Even, I mean, I don't care about Spygate. I care about Spygate because I was at that AOC championship game. But here's the thing. They did a lot of stuff without deflated balls. Uh, that stuff didn't mean anything. It really didn't. That team was ready to, I mean, those teams were ready to win the titles. They might have got an advantage. And I'll say that, and, and we're not going to have a discussion about this, but I, I just kind of feel that that uh, we have had the pleasure of watching one of the greatest, greatest quarterbacks of all time, but if anybody has owned the Steelers more, I don't know. I don't know his name.
2: Uh-uh.
0: So, with that being said, i, I got to tell you, I'm done talking about Brady. I want to talk about the Steelers some more, and I want to talk about the Steelers coaching. Now, I've gone on record, even after this game, I thought the play calling was weird. Uh, I watched, it was like the Subruder film. Somebody put it on our Slack channel. Do you guys happen to watch the locker room celebration as they're all walking in?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: all right. And, and like it w- It was put out there. I can't remember exactly who put it out there, but then Colin Dunlap retweeted and said, you know, I'm not sure whether he said it or not, I put it up to I put full blast, and that is exactly what Chris Boswell said when Canada was celebrating, and he said it it wasn't because of you. I could pretty much guarantee that I heard it. Yeah. You guys hear that?
1: Oh yeah, I heard it. So
0: it's really interesting. Yeah. Does I mean
1: go ahead, sorry? Go
0: ahead, Tony. Well, I mean, got- I don't
1: know. I mean, I can't imagine it being like a serious, like him being totally serious. I mean, that would be crazy if he if he really confronted him that way. But, but he definitely said it. <laughs> so,
0: it, it could it could have been a fun a funny thing, but I thought that was interesting. Offensive play calling,
2: Shannon. What
0: were your thoughts?
2: Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, the scripted plays worked, and then they went away from those type of plays. And it's like, it looked so much like Ben's offense last year and Trubisky's offense early this year. It it became very vanilla, very conservative. Uh, All the passes, you know, they were pressing the receivers. And everybody's going to continue to press these guys. Um, That concerns me because last week they asked Canada, what can they do with Calvin Austin in the third? And he's like, well, they're trying to figure out a way to utilize him. They need somebody with speed to stretch the field. Um, we we think Pickens can do it, but they're not user, utilizing him in that way uh, regularly, consistently. But we know Austin can run away from people. And if nothing more, they're going to have to, you know, pay attention to him and keep, and keep some coverage deep because he can run away. Um saying that he didn't know what he's going to do with Austin, you know, when you got all these sweeps and reverses, and uh, you know, all these plays that Austin can be utilized in, that concerns me. Because once they got the lead with Pickett, it was like that they didn't really utilize him again, and he started playing conservative and looked a lot like Trubisky. That to me screams offensive coordinator that that's part of the game plan and if that's the case that's very concerning
0: for me i hate the rookie treatment and we saw this we saw this with ben roethlisberger you know we really did they did not i mean ben's numbers were they were good but they were pedestrian as far as yards he was uh he did complete a high percentage of his passes but they had, they had a uh, first-class defense, and they had an offensive line that was really darn good. And they had not only Jerome Bettis, but Deuce Staley, and uh, they had Willie Parker, that hardly got any snaps until the last two games of that season. They they had they had a lot of talent on that entire team. So, but. Uh, I feel like they're and that wasn't a Mike Tomlin run team, but it seems like they're looking at the rookie playbook and they're going page by page on how to treat a rookie. And I'm kind of the guy that says, just you know, let them go, especially if you're a two and four. Uh-huh. Let them go. Take any handcuffs, mm-hmm.
1: take the reins off them. Let them play football. Tony thoughts. I, I Absolutely. And we talked about this on last week's show. I mean, he, he came into the league as considered to be the most NFL ready quarterback. So why don't, why don't, why don't you just uh, treat him that way? Uh, trust, trust him more, give him more to give him more to do. Uh, see, see how much he can handle. And then if, if he can handle it, then you back off, but don't go into it and assuming that, that, well, he's a rookie. He can't handle all this. We're going to, we're going to play it safe. I mean, that was one of the criticisms of Randy Fichter three years ago with, with Kenny, or I'm sorry, with Mason Rudolph, that they weren't letting him, uh, they weren't letting him do anything. It was, you know, two yards and, you know, behind the line of scrimmage every every other pass. So l- this is your future. Let him, let him uh, take more chances. You know, like Shannon said, they're pressing. Wasn't one of the ways to, to beat a press is the, to try to throw more go routes to try to get these guys to back off? You certainly have that in, in George Pickens. He is that kind of receiver. He's a deep threat. So uh, I'd say, you know, quit, quit living in your fears. You keep, you keep preaching you don't live in, in your fears. Well, stop living in your fears. Let this guy uh, take more chances. We saw what he, what he could do last year. Yeah, it was college, but we know he can throw deep. So let him throw deep. I don't think we see one deep pass yesterday. I think they were trying a deep pass when, when he got hurt to, to Deontay Johnson. But I'm not even sure if that was a deep pass because it was disrupted um, by the hit. So l- let him take more chances. Let him be bolder. He certainly has, or is it more bold? I don't know what the word is, but let him let him he certainly has the confidence for it he has he has the brass to do it so so let him do it
0: all right let's talk about the defensive game plan gentlemen i don't think that i have ever seen a better defensive game plan from the pittsburgh steelers with well i'll say you know 2005 the playoffs against peyton manning and the juggernaut colts was an Awesome game plan. And I remember I, I talked to Veron Haynes about that. And I know he's not on defense, but I said, what was the what was the difference in this game? What did you guys know that you didn't? And he said, we knew that we can confuse Peyton Manning. If we changed the play on defense, and we did, it, we changed our formation and our play right before he was about to snap. And it befuddled him a little bit. And that's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time right there. So what they did yesterday with, I have never, there's, has there been another instance that you guys remember in the entire NFL when that many starting defensive backs were out? You had one true starting defensive back in, in Terrell Edmonds and played an amazing game yesterday, by the way. He did fantastic from mm-hmm. TE, but guys, I, I don't remember anything. You lose Minka and you lose your top three corners. That's why I went and changed my pick. Yeah, and and Dave Schofield said, I'm changing my pick. And he said, Uh, I said, You know what? I'm going to, too. If you look at my picks, I had 2320 Steelers, but I went and changed it on Bold and Bizarre Prediction, so I'm not counting 2320 because I changed it. So I should not get credit for that because that was really close to what the score was. That's what I thought on Thursday. But I might do that again just because Dave said maybe we should do that. But there was no way that team should have won that game with that kind of defense. And Brian Flores, Terrell Austin, Mike Tomlin, you know, Jerry Olsavsky, guys like that, they put on a show yesterday. And what they did to get that going was absolutely amazing. Hats off. That's coaching. Yeah. That's that's not guys stepping up. Sure. They, ha- they have to step up. The guys still have to play. But those coaches put them in position to play yesterday, and I will give them absolute credit. So I got to tell you, I feel really good about that. Here's a player that had a... Bad game penalty-wise, but he did not have a bad game playing-wise. And it's Kevin Dotson. And I want to talk about Kevin Dotson. He he got on the losers list today. He uh, I just listened before we came on the show talking to reporters. He was like, hey, I had a pretty good game, but I had three play, three penalties. I didn't mean to have those penalties. They happened. But you never write anything good, so why should I listen to anything you guys say? and he said that and i don't have a i don't have a problem with him saying that i mean i i understand that i don't have a problem with with kevin dotson for saying the next thing and i didn't see this i read about this he claims to have gotten death threats because of the three penalties come on are we doing that a one in four team we're we're giving death threats to a player I mean, I got a death threat on BTSC for the Michael Vick thing for suggesting that they might sign him. Jeff, Jeff did change my title, though. I will say that. <laughs> so if I would have gotten murdered, it was Jeff's fault at the end. But <laughs> I, I mean, Shannon, what are your thoughts on that? What What is wrong when this is a football game and this is supposed to be an escape for fans, and this is their job? I mean, is
2: it a gambler that's upset? All right, but this, they still
0: won.
2: Well, first of all, I want to quickly jump back to the you're talking about the defense okay. and the way they played that with Leal is a huge loss right now because he was playing yes. a lot of end and edge, and with him being out, you know, you're like, well, what are they going to do? Well, it worked out that Malik Reed was much more effective against Tampa than he'd been against some other teams. Uh, and he had a, a good game yesterday. But one of the things the Steelers did was they played all three inside linebackers at the same time and and only had one outside linebacker. And they were having them guys up at the line of scrimmage, which looked very Brian Flores-esque. And then at the snap, they would, you know, go in different directions, back off or blitz or whatever. Uh, a lot of run blitz. They played – Arthur Millette did a very good Mike Hilton impression yesterday and that he run blitzed a lot, played, attacked the line of scrimmage and the ball carries, you know, they overcame so much and having so many guys out and I've been talking about how they're star driven and not scheme driven. Well, yesterday it was much more scheme driven, their success because you had Pierre and Jackson who played really solid games, but you know, you, going into the game, we all thought that would be a huge weakness. I just wanted to mention that because the three inside linebackers, I hadn't seen that before with the Steelers. So that that was that was very creative and successful. So I got to give credit where credit's due. As far as the whole Kevin Dodson thing, Dodson had three penalties. One of them, he got a penalty and got Kenny Pickett knocked out of the game. Um and he was not on the field when they had to waste the timeout for the field goal to them. Uh, so he did struggle. He had a, a game yesterday, whereas he was uh, a lot of those plays seem to be a lack of focus. And, you know, I do not know why, you know, every player has that happen and they'll have a game like that, but to make death threats, um, I, I guess anybody, whether it, is insane, but uh, I guess that uh, an athlete who obviously just had a bad game at, you know, on a few occasions there, a lack of focus, um, it's insanity. I I don't know what's going on. It says a lot about, it ain't just the Steelers fan base, but I expect more from the Steelers fan base because I am a part of that fan base and it's gotten to where this is quite regular. It happens. Uh, you know, as a West Virginian and a West Virginia Mountaineer fan, one of the players who transferred, entered the transfer portal, missed a free throw lady in the game two years ago, and he received death threats. You know, uh, get a life. Do, do something. <laughs> you know, find some morality and some character. Because if, you know, Juju, you know, his mom was heartbroken. Some things that were said to him, and he had death threats. Because of his dancing on the logo, whether you agree with it or not, where do you, what qualifies giving somebody a death threat? I guarantee you there's nothing in sports that does. So, so that's, you know, that's just insanity. And it's very disappointing to see coming from Stiller's nation. Where were
0: you in 2015 when I wrote that Michael Vick article? My goodness. <laughs> And guess what? They signed them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i i tell you what um we, we get we get some pretty entertaining you know comments about some of us about how much we suck and that's fine we got my favorite one was last week they're like all right shannon's awesome we need to get to get rid of the two other bozos and i was like that's awesome <laughs> and you know why i was laughing so much about that well i thought that was great I wanted to type back, and I did. I'm like, "Hey, I, I'm the one who hired Shannon for this <laughs> show, <laughs> so give me some credit." <laughs> hey, we're having fun, and it's so much more to have. It's so much easier to have fun when the Steelers win, and when they lose, like they have, it was frustrating, and we got heated. Every, every like the live chat was getting angry. We were getting, we were getting surly. It was, it's just one of those things. But it, but go ahead, Tony.
1: No, it just goes back. It goes back to what you, we were talking about a few weeks ago when, when I forget what we were talking about, but it was something about like, you know, we, we need to caution people not to say this kind of stuff. And somebody said, well, you don't need to tell them not to say that. It speaks for itself. Well, yes, you, you did have to caution because this is the kind of stuff that happens. And it's been going on for, I mean, it's really been going on for decades. But, you know, with this, you, like, look, look at these stories with the snail mail that uh, athletes used to, to get, you, you know, like the most horrible things that people would, would, would send them in the mail you know, and, and, and now with social media, I mean, it, it's just, it's just a, a nonstop cycle, like just you know, daily, hourly, uh, year round. And, and, you know, I don't know how these players don't quote unquote clap back at these fans more often. Cause I know I would, you know me, I don't mind. Oh, yeah. I don't mind scoring <laughs> with people. And, I, like, and this is the kind of, this is why I write the way I do sometimes because the crap like this. There's no need to uh to, to send death threats to somebody because he had three penalties in the game. To me, that's that tells me all I need to know about who you are and the kind of person you are. And I sorry, I want I sorry about the about the rant, but I just I, I when I heard when I read that, I wasn't shocked at all because I've seen it so many times throughout my life, even before social media.
0: Now it's my goal to get a Tony and I love they they don't come very often, but I love Tony <laughs> rants. It's <laughs> one of my my favorite things. Uh, you know one of the things that I also wanted to bring up here that that was just a fantastic feeling. The crowd seemed electric and th- that was just, uh, I think we, we kind of needed it. We needed yeah. that entire, when I say we, I'm not talking about the Steelers. I'm th- the fan base needed that to feel good again. And so let me ask you this, because this has been, you've heard me say this a lot during the losing streak when everybody's talking about the number one draft pick, is anybody talking about a number one draft pick today? It's still going to happen they're very well. Well, Carolina is going to make that pretty tough. I think <laughs> Carolina has already, that team is in disarray. They, they traded Robbie Anderson today too. They, they're just a, they're a bad franchise right now. I think right now you can say that's one game. The Steelers will be f- favored in <laughs> If mm-hmm. any, they will be favored in that game. And and that's on the road too. But that, that's when I was talking about the last couple of weeks. And we were talking about 1988. And I love talking about 88 when the Steelers are playing poorly. Because I think that was one of the worst years I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And those last four games when they go three out of four. It's an amazing thing. I mean, they, were, they would have been in prime position to pick a guy like Barry Sanders. I mean, they could have gotten a Troy Aikman. They could have gotten... Yeah, they could have gotten a Derek Thomas. They, they could have gotten a Deion Sanders. Right. You know, my gosh, you, what happens if you draft Deion Sanders and put him in the same defensive backfield
1: as Rod Woodson? Oh, good gravy! <laughs> that been before, been, yeah, before that, free agency, so they would they would have had them for a half a decade. <laughs> that would have been that would have been absolutely
0: insane. But. Yeah. But it didn't matter. How did you feel? You guys remember that 1988 season. How did you feel when they were winning three out of four to just make you feel good about the
2: future? Shannon, I'll start with you. Yeah, I remember. I, I've i never been one that wanted them to lose a game, uh, even for draft position. So back then I was thought, well, this bodes well for the next year because, you know, they're showing – some signs of life and, and that they're still willing to fight when there's nothing really to fight for other than pride in their job. So uh, yeah, I remember feeling positive about that this year. Again, I you try to win every game and you just don't do it at the expense of player development and sustainable improvements. Uh, you can do both. I, I talked to somebody a while back and I was like, you could do both. And it, it, you know, especially if you develop all these young talent and young players. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's too early to, to give up on the season and say, well, you know, I don't care how many games they win or lose, or if they win anymore, but you want to see them win, but you also want to see sustainable. And And that's something that, that Shannon's been
0: talking about all along too. watching them improve. And I challenged Shannon a couple weeks ago by saying, I agree with that completely, but why can't they win and improve for the future? And that's what I'm hoping for. They're two and four. Do I think that this team's going to the playoffs right now? No, I don't. I still, I still don't. Do I think that they are going to compete with every thread of their being to get there? When you have a guy like Arthur Millette on the team, you you damn well better believe it. That guy's one of my players right now because he's showing the heart of this team. James Daniels is showing the heart of this team. Let me talk about another guy that's showing the heart of this team. And it's a guy that a lot of people have been down on. And I said last week, I'm like, why are we down on this guy? Because it's almost past performance that is the reason that we're down on this guy, but Chase Claypool was showing signs of fighting last week against Buffalo and going seven for seven this week, making the catches that he did. I think Chase Claypool is in it to win it. Everybody thinks he's a TikTok guy, but he doesn't do a lot on social media. He's hanging around with Juju. It became guilt by association, and he did do some stuff on social media, but he's not the guy that you think he is on social media. So, with that being said, I've got to say this. I loved what I saw in Chase, and I could actually see him being one of those guys that Kenny
1: Pickett relies on like crazy. Tony? Well, we saw, we saw the, the uh, talent uh, two years ago when he first came into the league, and, uh, you know, uh, I think he kind of got caught up in the wash with everybody else as far as opposing defenses figuring out, figuring out the offense, and how it became so predictable. And they just didn't know how to adjust, and 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 um, he just became victim to that. But we saw yesterday uh, on Sunday what he could do if you give him a chance. And and I, it's funny, I was watching the game with my mother. I wanted to, I just wanted to go visit her and watch the game with her because I thought it'd be fun. And right before he just had all those crazy catches, she said to me, "Chase Claypool's been pretty good for them, hasn't he?" I said, "No, no, not since his rookie year. He hasn't been good at all." And then he just went off. So. It was, it was incredible to see. I I don't know where it's been since his rookie year. Other than I think he just, you know, fell in with the the rest of the struggles with the offense and and, and didn't know how to climb out of it. But uh, thankfully for him, uh, he kept fighting. We saw it last week with the hard runs he made after catching and and, uh, you know, he he really showed up for them yesterday and, and I hope that bodes well for the future. And I hope it shows Canada and, 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 these quarterbacks, that he could be a valuable weapon if you give him a chance.
0: Shannon, your thoughts on
2: Snake Eyes, number 11. I'm really encouraged. Um, A lot of people didn't notice, but yesterday they used him differently, his route tree. They used him kind of like a, a de facto tight end since Pat Firemuth was out. And he had more work across the middle, had that really big catch in the fourth across the middle. Um, where he took a, a huge shot and, and it looked like he was going to be dazed and lay there a little bit. And I'm like, oh, no, they'll, they'll call an injury timeout and stop the clock. But he, he toughed it out, got up, and got off the field. Uh, you know, he showed more maturity yesterday. I've said on that they're using him wrong. When they talked about putting him more in the slot, I was excited and encouraged because he can work like an athletic, faster, tight end. Because he's very big, he's got a really good catch radius, he's strong, and he's a strong runner after the catch. So if you could if they could start using him that way, especially when Firemuth comes back and have both of them guys working the seams in the middle of the field, they could really have something there and it could really revitalize Claypool's career. Because I was on uh our know your enemy podcast last week and I said I do not see the love of the game out of claypool i haven't seen that love to compete but if you watch that game sunday he looked totally different he looked like he did as tony said during his rookie year so that bodes well that i think he could do that regardless of the quarterback if canada utilizes him the correct way
0: absolutely so we've got a game coming up this week With the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Miami, there is going to be a lot of excitement in Miami for a couple reasons. The first reason being this is in prime time, and this is going to be the Miami Dolphins celebration of the 50th anniversary of the 17-0 team. So all the guys that like to clink glasses on the sidelines when that last undefeated team loses that game will be partying in Miami.
2: I never Uh, heard of that. You didn't (laughs) know that was... Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, they, they, they
0: go a little crazy and and it's living in sh- the past, baby. Hold yeah. on to the past. No, no, you know what? See, the thing is, I love it. I love that they do that. I love that those players are 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 celebrating it because they're proud of that seventeen and zero. Yeah. I yeah. I, I think that's amazing, and and that's just one of those things that you're like. I mean, people make fun of it. Like I go crazy when they bring back all the old teams from Pittsburgh. And I see those guys wearing their jerseys and uh, with gray hair and some of them have canes and we're, I've been at the games and we're just going crazy with them, Tony.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we saw in 2007, I mean, the most dominant team I've ever seen in my life was that Patriots team. And uh, I mean, they still couldn't do it. So it just shows you how incredible it is to to go through a season and how hard it is and how, you know, almost impossible it is to go through a whole season undefeated. You know, I mean, somebody's gonna come up and bite you eventually. And other than the Dolphins, it's happened to every team uh, throughout history in modern history, anyway.
0: And I tell you what, they were very beatable in that game on New Year's Eve of 1972. And that was very, uh, that was a very rough day in Pittsburgh sports history because that's the day that we lost. Roberto Clemente and the Steelers lost at home in the AFC championship game to the Dolphins but they made a lot of mistakes the Steelers made a lot of mistakes and they only lost I believe was 24 to 7 or 21 to 17 Mm -hmm. and they uh they did a lot of things where they could have won that game so it it would I mean. But that's they only won the Super Bowl 14 to 7. But that team found ways to win. I'd love to uh, not give them the, the great celebration this week, but we can't make fun of it because when the Steelers play the, the Raiders on Christmas Eve, that's going to be the day after the 50th anniversary of Franco. And we're going to be celebrating Franco, and Franco's going to be there, and people are going to be going nuts. So can't say anything about that. I just hope uh, the Steelers give them a loss that week. That'd be amazing. The other thing that's going to be happening this week, and this is a tweet that just came out at five 16. So almost a half an hour ago, Cameron Wolf wrote this "Tua, Tonga tongue of Yeah, I actually got it. I don't get that very often. We'll go through practice this week <laughs> as the starter. Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel confirms, assuming all goes well this week, Tua is expected to start Sunday night versus the Steelers. He had been out since suffering a concussion in week four against the Bengals. We talked about that earlier. You know, I hope he plays. I hope he's good enough to play. I hope he's ready to play. I hope if he's not ready to play, that they don't play him. I uh, I would rather see somebody else in there than a guy risking his career. I know there's a, some people that might hope that he plays because he might be groggy coming off the concussion now. I mean, th- that's not what this is about. Um, I want him to come back and come back at full strength if he plays, and let's beat him at full strength.
1: Thoughts of to, Tua, uh,
0: Tony? Does he change the game?
1: Oh, absolutely. We saw how dominant they were, how dynamic they were on offense uh, before he got hurt. I mean, they looked like you know they were going to have a special season, and they still may. But obviously, without him in the lineup, the last few weeks they've been a totally different team, a totally different offense. So, you know, when you get him back in there, he's so dynamic. The uh, Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. We know what he can do. So, and they have uh, Waddle as a receiver uh, to to pair with uh, uh, Hill. So it's going to be a potent offense with him in there. So it definitely changes everything.
0: So your thoughts on Tua before we get to the fact that this is also the Brian Flores revenge game, as the Cuda 70 reminds me. Shannon White.
2: Yeah, I was, you know, looking at that murder's row, uh, the four games in a row against top teams. I was like, well, maybe they won't have to face Tua. But uh because he makes a huge difference. He he allows them to uh fully utilize Hill and Waddle and um but one thing I will say is we have to be encouraged that the Steelers went from having you know the three uh cornerbacks uh, to now maybe having five quarterbacks when you could you know can use Jackson and Pierre as well. So that might help them match up moving forward. So even with all the injuries, there could be a silver lining there.
0: Absolutely, there could be. So, guys, let's get ready to wrap this whole thing up. I think this has been a fun show. I don't think I missed anything. There was a lot of subplots in this game, a lot of great stuff to talk about. We didn't even talk about the performance of the inside linebackers. I thought Devin Bush had a a phenomenal game. Mm -hmm. I thought Miles Jack was very good. You know, a lot of people were down on Spillane, but Spillane was playing out of position. He was asked to be a Mm C in a corner, a slot corner at times. Mm -hmm. As Mike Tomlin said, I I really, that was just a fun game. My last question to you guys is, can this feeling continue? Tony.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, uh, you know, uh, if you get a defensive performance like that out of them every week, I mean, that's, that's the way they want to play, uh, that's where they wanted to play coming in, in into the uh, season and you know the, the question is can they continue to, to to get better on offense so yeah it's, it's a feeling that they can continue if they can do what they did on Sunday with that with that makeshift defense you know beating tom brady then anything's possible um it's just going to depend on on uh on, on mike Tomlin keeping them invested and i, I think that's not, i don't think that's going to be an issue at all
0: Shannon DeMonte KZ is off of suspension and he is off of the IR. He has a potential to be back this week. Do you think that's something that the Steelers could really benefit from? And do you feel
2: like the Steelers are going to keep this party going? Because they would be a huge addition. They wanted to do the three safety sets, you know, and they would have done it last game, but they had to do the three inside linebacker sets (laughs) because you know, they were, shorthanded in other positions. But with kazee coming back, uh well, actually getting to play for the first time in the regular season for the Steelers, that will give them because he can play the slot too. So that will give them because Edwards plays like a smaller inside linebacker and then we know Fitzpatrick is the ball Well now you look like you might go five deep in the secondary. So anytime you have young players that and and showing ability to run some new schemes because of this a- a added depth that's exciting for any rebuilding team so there's a lot to be encouraged about and look forward to even in these next few weeks with these tough games coming up
0: all right a new feature on the show and i've been meaning to do this for weeks but i couldn't because they didn't win player of the week tony who is your Steeler, your black and gold man of steel of the week
1: well, I'm going to have to go with Chase Claypool. He he started. Uh, he's he's been on the receiving end of so much flack over the last couple of years, and and uh, people wanted him traded, and they still might want him to be traded. But he, he just he, those those catches he made on that last drive, especially, were so vital. Especially that last one was it third and eleven. That one near to sideline, That was that was so clutch, and that might have been the, the play of the year for them so far. So, uh, as far as I'm re- remaining relevant, so to me, it's Chase.
0: All right. You know, that was my number one. So I'm going to go to my number two on that. Shannon White, who's yours?
2: Yeah, I liked Claypool as well. He finished the game, but Larry Ogan Joby began mm-hmm. the game. He set the tone on defense. He dominated. He penetrated the backfield, caused utter chaos. That was his best game as a Pittsburgh Steeler. So because of that and the tone he set for the defense as a whole, you know, keeping Brady uncomfortable so he couldn't pick apart the young defense, Larry Ogunjobi would be my pick. All right,
0: damn it, Shannon. That was my number two. That was my <laughs> next guy, but I, I've got plenty. I could also give honorable mention to Mitch Trubisky. I've got to give him a shout-out, but my guy this week, my man of steel of the week is going to be none other than number 34, Fidarius Edmund. <clears throat> Terrell Edmonds, Man, I wish he was a number two pick. I, I, I wish he was a <laughs> Because he would get, he would be appreciated so much more. I think this man needs another contract in Pittsburgh. I think he's a perfect Robin to Minka Fitzpatrick. But when Batman's not in the game, T.E. was Batman yesterday. For those young receivers, there were a lot of wards. There were a lot of Dick Grayson's yesterday. A lot of Robins underneath the new Batman for that game for week six, Terrell Edmonds. Great job, Fidarius! I, I love it. Man, I, I could give so many other people. Ellis Smith gives Mike Tomlin as his pick. I could say that. Yeah, people, right? I mean, There's so many. I mean, we could go down the line. There's a lot of people that you can go ahead. You can give Cam Hayward one. You could give Devin Bush a man of yeah. steel of the week. There's a lot of people. I mean, I could even give a vote to James Pierre and Malik Reed. How excited was Malik Reed? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Malik Reed when I don't even know if they gave him that sack, but man, uh, cause they I give know, it to Hayward. They gave it to Hayward, but I, I thought they might change it. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I tell you what Malik Reed was really exciting yesterday. This, they played as a team. So you could even give the team the whole thing. Damn. Steven,
2: Steven Sims deserves mention. Too.
0: Steven Sa- Sims gets a mention. Reginald rivers says Arthur Millette. I love it. Mm-hmm. We got some Jovies in there. Yeah. I, I tell you what, great game for that. It's time for us to wrap it up. I got to tell you this, this (laughs) live chat, and you're not just not in the live chat, just everybody that listens to the show, you're our muses and you make us feel pretty good. And you mean a lot to all of us. We cannot do these shows without you. And it's one of those things to me that it matters so much that we reach you. And, you know, sometimes I get a little surly on these shows and sometimes i'm arguing with fans about different things it's it's not cuz i'm mad at you it's probably because we're both so passionate about the steelers now i had i want to read this because i was really excited in my final thoughts yesterday and my final thoughts yesterday was about my relationship with my son and so my it was all about watching the game with him. Now I want to read this. I got this tweet today and it said, Hey man, big fan of the BTSC podcast. I've been listening to you guys for a while now while I'm at work and you guys really helped me get through my days here. I don't usually do stuff like this, but you said something on the most recent post game show that really touched my heart. You mentioned your son coming around and getting interested with the pens and the Steelers and how that reminded you of times with your father and even mentioned a time when he bloodied his knuckles off of the ceiling after a comeback <laughs> versus the Browns. That was in 1980, by the way. You mentioned that <laughs> even though the Steelers might not be the top of the uh, top right now, that you watch for the hope and for moments like those. Just wanted to privately share my past two weeks with you because what you said really did hit me just now during my shift. My birthday was last Sunday, the 9th. The day we played the Bills, my father and I drove up on Saturday towards Buffalo, where he grew up, to see the game as a gift to me. When we woke up on Sunday, the first thing we heard was that my grandfather, his father, had lost his battle with cancer. Completely ruined the vibe for the day, but we decided he would likely haunt us if we didn't attend the game, so we did. Well, you know how that game went. It felt like a freaking gut punch seeing our favorite team go lay an egg like that after the news we had heard that morning. The drive home was rough and emotional, and we were pretty low. Fast forward to this week, and my family has got me tickets to the game versus the Bucks. They knew I despised Brady and wanted to at least catch a game in person before he hangs it up. I took my father with me. We had no expectations, but our goal was to give it all from the stands and really give our energy. As you know, the Steelers won, and not just won, but beat Brady, all caps, by the way. Those moments are the ones we are fans for. We don't always take the losses as well as players do. But man, that means we always take the wins and the highs just as strongly. And I got another awesome memory with my father after just a week of sadness in a season of what seemed to be relatively no hope until now, just like you got that moment yesterday with your son. I know this was a long read. I hope it makes you smile. Go Steelers. So that came from no IE. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but I got to tell you, um, I've got tears in my eyes right now reading it. And that's what it's all about for me. It's about being with my family, being with traditions, loving a team and that escape from reality, watching the Steelers when they lose. Sometimes we take it personally, but so do those players. And I got to tell you, knowing that I could watch that game with my boy, and now that I know that he's interested in the Penguins, we're going to try to go to a game and do stuff like that. And it feels really good because the reason I'm a Steeler fan is because of my dad. And that's we watch those games together. So we watch things for different reasons, but it means, means a lot that that gentleman wrote me back. So thank you so much. So each and every one of you, whether we argue or not, you mean a lot to all of us here at btsc we don't do these shows without you because we we would have no one to do it for so thank you god bless you and keep being Steeler fans whether they end up going to the playoffs and winning it all or end up 2 and 15 at the end of the season you're not going away and you know it but you're st- always going to care. So this is this is fantastic. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And I got to say this. Just when you think you've got all the answers, Tony Defio, We keep changing the questions. Shannon White, do your best Ric Flair for me, my friend. Woo! Woo, indeed. We love you. You can see my son fist in the background. Ah, he's, he's saying hello.
1: Oh, my God. I'm starstruck.